Welcome to the True Crime Cafe. I'm Angie. I'm Becky. And you won't believe the case I have for you today. What you got for me? So last week, I had two murders in South Carolina. And this week, I have two decades of family secrets. All right. So people in Ainsworth, Nebraska, call it the middle of nowhere. And that's where Lloyd Ford grew up. He graduated high school there. And it sounds like as soon as he was out of school, he joined the military just to go anywhere else, anywhere but the middle of nowhere. And in a Dateline interview, Lloyd's oldest daughter, Sandy, described him as a fun-loving guy and said people naturally gravitated to him. So when Lloyd got done with the military, he returned to Nebraska and started a family. And in that same interview, Lloyd's second daughter, Pam, said that all the women in town had a huge crush on Lloyd and his brother. Lloyd moved out west. And allegedly, it was to get away from someone who had a crush on him to try to kind of save his marriage. Hmm. By the time his third child, Tommy, was born, Lloyd was just like the quintessential family man. But his marriage did not last. Lloyd's wife packed the kids up and went back to Nebraska. The kids still loved Lloyd, but they assumed that if their mom left him, it must have been his fault. And in all the reading and everything, I never really found out why their marriage dissolved. But it really isn't important to the story, so I didn't really dig that deep. Soon, Lloyd was dating a new woman, Judy Goff. And Judy had three kids. She had a daughter named Kimberly and two sons. Now, I'm not sure where Kimberly falls in the sibling order, but she was not the oldest. That's all I knew. Kimberly said she preferred when her mom was single because that's when she got the most attention from her mom. She loved her mom so much. And whenever her mom had a man in her life, Kimberly and her brothers would get fed, they get taken care of, they get sent off to school. But otherwise, her mom's main priority was the man in her life. And now the man was Lloyd. Okay. So in that same Dateline interview, Kimberly said her entire childhood was spent trying to be perfect for her mother. She avoided trying to make her mom mad by doing the things that would make her mom happy, like help clean the house, do the yard work, make everything look as normal as possible because her mom, Judy, had a temper. So her children learned to stay out of the way if she was in a bad mood. Everyone else saw Judy as a kind, generous person, but she showed her true colors at home. And I can relate to this because my dad, who has since passed away, when we were growing up, had a violent temper. So you never know what's going on behind closed doors. Exactly. So as she was saying this in the interview, it was a video interview and mm-hmm. her eyes were cheery as she was talking about her mom. And it was just not really painful to watch, but I could really, really sympathize. Judy and Lloyd got married. They got divorced and they got married again. And by this time they were living in Boise, Idaho. And it was kind of a Brady Bunch situation. Judy was a hairstylist and Lloyd was a long haul trucker. He was gone for a couple days at a time. From what I understood, Sandy was off at college. Pam, his middle daughter, was living with her mom. And Tommy was living with Lloyd and Judy. And I think Sandy was like 20-ish. So she'd been in college for a couple years. And Pam was in high school, if I recall correctly. And Tommy was about 13, 14 at this time. Okay. So Sandy called Lloyd pretty regularly from college. And like she'd said at the beginning of this interview, she loved her dad, but she sided with her mom in the divorce. She went to live with her mom, but she never stopped loving her dad. So she calls like normal. And Judy answered the phone and said, Lloyd is away on business. 
No problem. It's pretty typical. He's a long haul trucker. Yeah, so it's not out of the ordinary. Yeah. When Sandy came back a few days later, Lloyd was still gone. This is unusual because normally within a few days, he was home. So Sandy calls a week later and still no Lloyd. Okay, so he was a long haul trucker. So he, right. but he was one that mm. was home every few days versus one who was home like every couple of months. Right. Okay. So instead of being home like three days a month, he was home. Like he would be gone a few days, home a few days was okay. my understanding. Okay. So Sandy called Stono Lloyd. So it gets to the point where Sandy called her mom. And her mom calls Judy, who confessed that she thinks Lloyd has run off with another woman and she does not expect him to ever come back. Hmm. Lloyd's child support payments stopped coming in April of that year, too. Mm-mm. At the end of the school year, Judy sent Tommy back to live with his mom. Lloyd's kids were sure that even if he had left Judy, he would be in contact with them because he was a very loving dad. So Lloyd's ex-wife became suspicious and traced his social security number. But the last activity was around the time that the child support payments stopped. A while later, Lloyd failed to return home. So Judy falls for divorce. And at this point in the story, I'm like, you know, I really can't blame her. My husband ran off with another woman. See you later. Bye. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't show up at the hearing. So she got everything. Okay. Oh, that's usually what happens if the yeah. if you don't show up, you kind of forfeit your right to anything. Yep. Um, and that's not just divorce, that it's also like child custody, child support payment renegotiations, anything like mm-hmm. that. So meanwhile, Lloyd's father hired a private investigator. They heard stories about places where Lloyd might be, but nothing ever panned out. And like if they heard like, oh, he's in Reno, they'd go to Reno and look. If, you know, he's in Timbuktu, they'd go to Timbuktu and look and mm-hmm. Nothing. Hmm. After her divorce, Judy pawned her wedding rings and she married someone else. Yeah. Okay. So 25-ish years pass. Mm-hmm. No Lloyd. Wow, that's a huge jump. Yeah, he's just gone. By now, Kimberly has her own family. Okay. And her mom asked her to keep a secret and she's kept it all these years. And Judy said, if you ever tell the secret, I will take my own life. So now Kimberly, who was 12 when Lloyd went missing, she has the burden of the secret. Plus, knowing that if she tells and her mom takes her own life, it will be her fault, just like her mom said. Mm. And when kids grow up with an abusive parent who is physically, emotionally controlling and things, it's very easy to see how you could be manipulated Mm -hmm. into thinking that, even as an adult. While Sandy and Pam had no idea what happened to Lloyd, Kimberly did. She knew exactly where he was, but she knew if she told that, number one, she didn't think anybody was going to believe her. And number two, she didn't want her mom to kill herself, so she kept quiet. Until one day when her boss, Gary, asked her to meet up with him, like for coffee or something. Just, hey, can we just meet outside of work? Just, you know, very platonic as friends. Mm -hmm. And Gary said he always felt like Kimberly was carrying around some kind of baggage. She just always seemed kind of down, you know, kind of quiet. So when they met up, he asked her what was wrong. And from how she described it, it was like a dam burst open and she just revealed everything. Before he decided what to do, Gary took a few days to digest what Kimberly told him because it was a lot. Like she unpacked like decades worth of stuff. Sure. And in the end, Gary said he was always raised to do the right thing. So he felt compelled to call the prosecutor's office. And they, in turn, alerted the Boise Police Department, who had no idea who Lloyd Ford was, much less that he had been missing for over 25 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. So Kimberly had spent her whole life waiting for the moment when the cops showed up at her door. In one interview, Kimberly said it was really hard to face the truth. But once it was out there, she knew that there was no turning back. So now we're going to jump back to 1980. So now we're going back. Yep. Now we're going backwards. Okay. In 1980, I was like eight years old. I was riding my bike around the neighborhood. I was four. (laughs) Four. I was four. Yeah. She like probably watched Sesame Street, you know. Probably living my best life. Yeah. Getting the crust cut off our peanut butter sandwiches. and I have no idea what I was doing when I was four. I was definitely not eating crust on a peanut butter sandwich, I can tell you that. (laughs) I don't know why. Back in 1980, Judy was just having a conversation with Kimberly. And she asked her, how would you feel if Lloyd was gone? And Kimberly was like, I think it'd be great. Because then she and her brothers would have their mom all to themselves again. She thought it was a great idea. Mm Mm-hmm. In the meantime, Judy decides she wants to plant a peach tree in the backyard. So Lloyd's son, Tommy, and Judy's son were both 14, and she has them dig the hole for the tree. Yeah, I see the look on your face. It it gets way worse. Just wait. So his own son digging his grave? Yeah, basically. Oh, Lord. And we don't even have to say spoiler alert for the listeners, because any true crime fan is going to know by this point what's going to happen. Yes. So whenever Judy was talking to Kimberly, she would just start listing all of Lloyd's faults. Like, this, he's so annoying this way. And this just gets on my nerves that way. And Kimberly knew not to question her mom. She didn't want to risk her temper, so she just let her talk. This went on for a few days. And Judy was pretty vague at first. But then she started asking Kimberly things like, what if I killed Lloyd? What if I smothered him? What if I slit his throat? And Kimberly was so eager for her mother's approval at age 12 that she didn't think twice when her mother sent her to the store for sleeping pills or when she saw her mother chopping up the pills to put into a powder or when she saw Judy mixing the powder into Lloyd's favorite ice cream. And... Just to let you know, he does not die by sleeping pills. What? I wish the listeners could see the look on your face. (laughs) The next morning, Judy kept Kimberly home from school. Judy put more of the sleeping pills ground up into a powder in Lloyd's morning coffee. And she gave him some more of the drugged ice cream. At some point, Lloyd, who had been sleeping through the morning, got up to go to the bathroom. And Kimberly remembers him saying, what the hell's wrong with me? And Judy's like, oh, you're fine. Everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Kimberly heard a commotion behind Judy and Lloyd's bedroom door. And because she wanted to be the perfect child, she just kept her nose out of it. When Judy told her to go get an old trunk, she just went and did it. And Kimberly said her mom came out. She smoked a cigarette, and when she was done, she said, okay, I'm ready. So Judy told Kimberly to go into the bedroom where Lloyd was laid out on a sheet. There was a deer rifle on the end of the bed. Judy turned up the radio to drown out the sound, picked up the gun, and asked Kimberly to pull the trigger while Judy held the gun. Oh, oh. oh, yeah. And this child was 12 years old and then lived with this for over 25 years. So when Kimberly couldn't do it, she covered Judy's ears. Judy's like, cover up my ears. And then Judy shot Lloyd. Oh, Lord. Kimberly was upset. She ran out of the house, you know. As any normal 12-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. She hid in the alley and she just cried. And she said when she got home, Judy hugged Kimberly and told her she loved her. And then with Lloyd's body still warm, Judy had Kimberly help her put Lloyd's corpse in the trunk. They moved the trunk on the back porch and Kimberly helped clean up the crime scene. That poor child. Right? Like there's no amount of therapy that could get me through that. I'm just... 
watching the interview and the, her tone of voice and just her strength and how calm she was telling it. Like, I admire her for coming forward yeah. after all this time. But wow. Like, if well, my... I have a question real quick. Go ahead. No, uh, when she finally unloaded all of this, mm-hmm. was her mom still alive? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, I didn't know like, if it was a situation where mom passed. So no, she yeah. felt like she Yeah, did. her mom was still alive. So okay. like if my parent had done something like this, I could see after they were, after they passed away saying, okay, this is what happened mm-hmm. when I was 12 years old. But I cannot imagine her having to look her mother in the face and everything her mother told her. She said her mom would do like these little checks on her mm-hmm. and like little mental mind games. Like, now you're keeping the secret, right? You know, Basically, you can't yes, tell or Yeah, exactly. So a couple of days go by and the trunk is now in the hole meant for the peach tree because Judy changed her mind. She didn't want peach tree after all. There was never going to be a peach tree. I know. I'm just saying. I know. So then Judy decides that it's probably a bad idea to have a body buried in her backyard. So Kimberly and her brothers started to dig Lloyd up. Yes. Oh, Lord. The trunk was falling apart. Kimberly said Lloyd was still intact enough that they could make out the tattoos on his skin. Oh, Lord. Right? Like, every time you think it can't get any worse, it does. Mm-hmm. And she's 12. And her brother was only 14. I don't know about the. I don't know how the other brother was. But, yeah. Mm. So Judy decides it's too much effort and they reburied him and they never told her step siblings. Judy got married again. Anybody. Yeah. Um, 15 years later, Judy sold the house to her youngest son who knew about the body. And he was like, I can't live here with a body in the backyard. We got to get rid of this thing. So Kimberly went back to her childhood home and showed them where to dig. Now, one article I read said the brothers took the body to a dumpster. And because Kimberly still loved her mother, she told us she agreed. She said, I will never tell anyone unless they ask me directly. And her mom did not like that at all. But she said she couldn't just agree to keep the secret indefinitely. It was just too much. Wow. Back to the present day, the police visited Kimberly's house. And they told her they would like her to go undercover to set her mother up. Like, I feel so bad for Kimberly. Right? Like, so she's burdened with this Mm -hmm. most of her life. Yes. And now she has to basically help the police get the evidence that they need to convict her mother of this Mm -hmm. mark. Wow. Yep. So they, you know, wired everything up and Kimberly called her mom and she was asking her questions like, why did you pick me to help you? Why was I home from school that day? And her mom, they played part of the recording Mm -hmm. and her mom was like, I don't know. And then her mom starts getting suspicious and she's like, are you trying to set me up? And then she's like, let me call you back. So Kimberly was afraid she wouldn't call back, but she did. And when Mm -hmm. she did, she kind of roundabout tried to blame Kimberly for it, (gasps) saying you were screaming, do it, do it, do it. She's like, you told me to do it. And Kimberly's like, mom, I was 12. Mm. So at last, Judy finally said enough that the police had what they needed. But now they needed Kimberly to show them where Lloyd had been buried. So she had to go back to the house again. Now her brother's house. And the police spent the next few days digging up the backyard. They found seven bone fragments. Mm -hmm. And the Idaho Press Tribune reported that the bones were from a human hand and foot. And it was confirmed that they were Lloyd's bones. Mm. They also found that at least 10 members of Judy's family had helped to keep the secret. Oh, yes. Now, I understand. Wait, I get 
I get why the then 12 year old daughter yep. and even the 14 year old son, I get yep. because she was abusive to them. And she, right. So like, up know, the, yeah. So up to three was, siblings. I was going to say, then, you know, if there's yeah. physical abuse, then there's mental abuse as well. Mm-hmm. But seven other people other than her children. Mm-hmm. There were, I think, a couple of cousins who helped move Lloyd's body from the backyard after Kimberly's brother bought the house. So I'm guessing like maybe they told their wives, you know, maybe it's, um, this is speculation on my part. What kind of family is this? Mm-hmm. So the police arrested Judy on charges of first degree murder and use of a firearm as reported by the CBS affiliate KUTV. And her bond was set at half a million dollars. When this went to court, Judy said she killed Lloyd because he was abusive. She went right into the battered wife defense. Lloyd's kids were outraged. They were told not to talk about the case because it was an ongoing investigation and everything would come out of trial. So as much as they wanted to refute these charges, they felt they weren't able to. Originally, Judy claimed she was innocent, but she changed her plea to guilty in exchange for a deal. And according to an article in the Idaho Press, attorneys agreed to reduce her sentence from first-degree murder to a second-degree murder charge and that she would serve a fixed 10-year sentence. They also dropped an additional charge of use of a deadly weapon to commit a felony. So in the trial for the plea deal, Judy said she had no idea why Kimberly was there that day, and she tried to throw Kimberly under the bus again. At the sentencing hearing, Judy said, I had a rifle. I don't really know where it came from. And I mean, we had a rifle. I just don't remember getting it. I was sitting on the edge of the bed and I had the gun in my lap. And then, you know, obviously her 12-year-old mm-hmm. daughter told her to kill her, you know, her husband. Mm-hmm. Lloyd's children felt like the lack of an actual trial shortchanged them. Meanwhile, the prosecution felt that a lengthy trial where Judy could badmouth Lloyd for hours on end would be too harsh for his children to hear. I can understand that. Yes. So the worst part was that Lloyd's kids went their whole lives thinking that their father had run off and never returned for them. They even avoided displaying photos of Lloyd in their home because they thought if someone asked, they would have to admit that they had no idea where their dad was and it would just hurt too much. Wow. Yeah. One of Lloyd's daughters had Tommy walk her down the aisle when she got married. So graduations, weddings, big family events, new generations, and every time they had a big day for the family, in the back of their minds, it was like, where's my dad? Why isn't my dad here? Mm-hmm. And that question about where he was and if he would ever return was always, just always floating around. And that, to me, is the saddest part of this whole case was for Lloyd. Like, what happened to Kimberly was sad. Don't get me wrong. No child should ever have to go through that. Mm-mm. But for Judy to leave her stepchildren wondering about their dad was a different kind of evil. Kimberly said that her mom is now dead to her. Not in an angry way, but she said the mom she loved left a long time ago. And the woman who's there now is just, that's not her mom. And Kimberly has written a book called Unworthy, What Would You Do For Your Mother? So I haven't read it, but I'm going to check and see if my library has it before I go looking on Amazon. So I'm just going to look on amazon real quick yeah (laughs) unworthy what is it unworthy unworthy what would you do for your mother it is available cool on amazon (laughs) yes since we moved the library's like three blocks from my house Mm -hmm. so i've been like in their true crime section to the point where 
the librarians probably wonder if I have a problem. <laughs> so that is it. That's two decades of family secrets. Wow. Wow. Like you, I feel mm-hmm. bad for Kimberly, but I feel horrible for Lloyd's children. Right? Who had to grow up thinking that they had been abandoned. That's just not yeah. right. And for so many people in her family to yeah. know that she did this. Exactly. And ten not, pe- at least 10 people. Like I said, I can kind of understand the kids, mm-hmm. but adults. Yeah. No. Like what kind of family is that where either they were too scared of her yeah. to to try and or to try and say something or that family dynamic was just so warped that somebody committing murder wasn't a big deal. Like, yep. I don't get it. Because yeah. normally, in a lot of cases, one person can't keep their mouth shut. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Like, I, mm-hmm. yeah. There's so much press. I got feelings. And my work here is done. Yeah, I don't get that. I don't either. And our family had four kids. And, you know, somebody was going to know. If something like that happened, somebody was going to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I just don't understand that many people. Especially in 1980, where you had phones that had party lines and people were always listening. And yeah, like, I don't. People were nosy. And I mean, they're still yeah. nosy. But not even like back when it happened. But 25 years, mm-hmm. over 25 years, you've got the invention of the internet, you've got the invention of cell phones, you've got, you know, you've got like in social media and mm-hmm. like, how, like, how do you manage to keep something that horrible a secret? Right. And from what I understand, like after it happened, she and her brothers didn't even really talk about it. It was just like, okay, done. like she didn't talk about it. With well, I mean, like I could, I could get why they wouldn't talk about. Yeah, it. I mean that's that's a. Huge I mean, obviously problem. somebody talked about it, but it sounds like for Kimberly, it was just a secret she kept, and she didn't even really discuss it with her brothers. And that would make sense because she's she's been quote unquote tasked, yeah, by her abusive mother, who she wants to be perfect for. Yes. To keep the secret. So to me, that would mean don't even tell your brother. It's one of those. This is just between me and you. Mm-hmm. But still, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. And now we have ways like you can anonymously call Crime Stoppers. Mm-hmm. Anybody t- could have done that over the last yeah. 25 and a half years or what? Yes. 27 years or whatever. Yep. They made a conscious decision as an adult, Mm. to not say anything. Yeah. Not that it would have changed the fact that she had killed him and he was Mm -hmm. not coming back, but at least his kids Mm -hmm. could have gotten some semblance of closure and not grown up just thinking that their dad had abandoned them. Right. So. Yep. And even Lloyd's ex-wife was concerned. Yeah. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. They caffeinated. And join us next time for another cup of crime.